Take RFM Dunedin with you wherever you go with podcasts and live streaming of Primo local content. Download the Access Internet Radio app for free from Google Play and the Apple App Store. This programme was first broadcast on RFM Dunedin and made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. Welcome to Headscarves and Good Yarns with me, Amal Abdullahi. The show is all about talking about race and diversity in Aotearoa, all in the hopes of empowering a more empathetic New Zealand. So today, I'm really, really excited to welcome Tan and Nina. Woohoo! Woo-hoo. Welcome to the show! <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Do you guys want to introduce yourselves and maybe talk about what you do and where's home for you? Um, my name's Nina. I'm 16. Um, I go to Kurinoi College. I live in Featherston. Um, yeah, I enjoy um, theatre and doing speeches, just talking about um, things that are happening around the world and sharing my opinions on it. So, yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Cool. My name's Tan. Uh, I'm based in Wellington. I'm a high school teacher. Uh, last couple of years, I've been helping to organise and facilitate and do lots of things with the race unity who we in speech awards um yeah and uh home for me is uh Whangarei. i was born there and that's sort of i had a connection to the far north so oh cool okay um so you guys do really interesting work how did you find yourselves getting involved in the race unity shebang because i know that you've come in through the speeches but you've come in as part of the organizing committee but how did you both get drawn into that kind of community um well for me like knowing about the race unity awards was through my teacher Mm -hmm. so that's how i got into it doing the speeches and stuff but for me just being part of like the hui and stuff was really different because like uh, I never knew that the Race Unity Awards actually existed till this year, so it was, um, yeah, it was really cool just to be around people that had the same opinions and stuff, all working together towards the same thing, so, yeah, I think that was my take on it, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, my entry point uh, into it was... Um through the New Zealand Baha'i community, mm-hmm. so I'm, I'm a part of it, and my my good friend Aiden um, mm. has been involved um, in in supporting the Race Unity Hui and Speech Awards for quite a few years now, and so it's something that the New Zealand Baha'i community started um, quite a while ago now. I can't remember the exact date, but um, I think it was like, it was like 2001 or eight or something like that. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And so that's that's been something that I guess it's uh, a kind of a, a social action of sorts that the Baha'i community has been spearheading for quite a while now and um yeah so that's kind of my entry point a couple of years ago Aiden just asked me to get involved and uh you know how it is with volunteering and stuff I, I think I'm just going to be doing this and suddenly it always is yeah. yeah. a bigger thing doesn't <laughs> yeah. it oh wow for people who have never heard of Baihai what what is the Baihai community um so it's a it's a religious community um sort of Oh, it's kind of a tricky one to describe br- uh, briefly. Um, I, I guess to sort of summarize, uh, sort of believes in the principle of like the oneness of humanity, the importance of unity, um, and diversity. Um, and yeah, I guess you know believe in um, a guy called uh, Bahola, who Baha'is think is the most recent sort of prophet of God for mm-hmm. humanity. And um, yeah, I guess uh, uh, as a community, are really concerned with uh, just helping things advance and helping things grow and working with 
with others to, to make society better. Oh, cool. And that sounds like I'm, I'm in. <laughs> that, sounds really, that sounds really cool. That sounds like what the race unity is all about anyway. Like the way you describe it doesn't even sound like a religion. It just sounds like something that people should all strive to be anyway. That's really cool. Um, so this hui, this hui has been mentioned. What was this hui about? Um, it was just about like working for unity and justice. Well, that's what I thought. Um, it was really cool though because at the beginning of the hui there was like a panel and like we got to stand up and ask some questions and also listen to them talk about working for unity and justice Mm -hmm. and then we got to like get into like small groups and get more in depth about what we can do to work for unity and justice and me and Tan we were in the same group together so yeah and it was just really cool to get everyone's opinion on it and their take on what we can do and how they feel towards racism here in New Zealand Mm -hmm. so yeah that was the hui for me yeah Mm -hmm. And at the Hui, was there people from all different types of, like, religions and cultures and a whole bunch of people there? Yeah, um, I met some really cool people, like, um, one of my, who's now my friend, um, Jamar, he was, like, Cook Island, yet he got, he spoke Chinese and... Oh, whoa! Yeah! That's so cool! <laughs> he spoke Chinese and, like, learned how to do sign language fluently, and I was like... He's like so smart. Yeah, and he also spoke like Maori as well, and I was like, wow, okay. Yeah, it was just really cool. There was like heaps of other people that I met that were like different as well. Like um, one of the other national finalists, she was, um, I think she was from like Egypt, I think, or somewhere like that. But yeah, it was just really cool to see how different and how like multicultural we are here in New Zealand. Yeah. Yeah, we're actually quite a melting pot, and I feel like it's really easy to forget that because, like, people think there's like one idea of what a Kiwi should look like, or yeah. there's just this. Oh, we're quite mixed, which is really, really cool. Um, what was it like at the Hui trying to listen to all these different voices? Because I know at the end of the Hui, the result of that was the youth statement. Um, so it was this document that was released um, on what young people think about racism and race relations in, in New Zealand and what we should do to change um, so what was it like trying to boil down all of the different ideas into like this one document because that must have been a really crazy and interesting journey right? It's, it's incredibly hard um, I think any process if, if, if anyone's sort of familiar with you know I trying to take like notes from a meeting and synthesize that into like some key points is not easy um and so it took a lot of time and a lot of uh, consultation with facilitators both at the regional hui and then at the national one um and yeah some some dangerously executive decisions as well at the end of the day but um i i think overall there are a lot of themes that that really uh came through that that were easy to identify as coming from youth coming Mm -hmm. from um diverse youth in in Aotearoa Um, I think particularly the fact that there's a whole section in the statement on education talking Mm. about education that you know that's something that uh, was just came through so strongly in our discussions so that's how it ended up there 
Oh, wow. And the beginning of the document talked about the fact that we talk about race and racism in New Zealand, but we never really bring young people into that conversation. I'd love to know both of you guys' point on why is it important that young people talk about these sorts of things? Like, like why did you want to have this hui specifically for young people? I feel like being a young person, I feel like the reason why we should be like more involved in things like this is because we're still open to listen. Like we're mm. still like we've still got that mindset that we've still got a lot to learn and stuff, which is why I think that it's good to have our take on things and like we're also able to like share our knowledge. Like we're still keen to do that. We don't have that mindset where I know everything I don't have to learn anymore like as other older people might have whereas us young people were like nah I'm I want to learn about this I want to listen about this and I feel like that's why us young people really need to get more involved with things like this yeah yeah just to like add on to that I think um you know young people in New Zealand have so much capacity and also time and energy mm-hmm. it's something that we have in droves um, to to be able to like devote to meaningful social change and action, you know, if we have the right conditions, if we have the environments and the spaces created. Um, so, yeah, that's. I think people underestimate young people quite a lot, and I feel like young people don't care about anything. But we've actually got a lot to say, and we've got yeah. a, and it's like things that we're experiencing. Do you know what I mean? So, of course, like, we should be part of the conversation as well. Like, oh, just to briefly um, segue from the document, but I'll come back to it. How has, like, race come up in you guys' personal lives? Is it something that comes as a privilege or is it something that you're reminded that you're different, like, every single day? Or how does race come up in, in your personal lives? And, like, what's your relationship with um, or what are your thoughts on racism in New Zealand? I'd love to know. Especially you, Nina, because you're a really young person. So I'd love to know what like young people think about this. Because like when I was growing up, it was definitely really bad to be different. Like I used to get caught all sorts of names, and no one would say anything because it was normal. It was okay for like that kind of ignorant, hateful comments to be said. Um, I feel like like my generation, like we're. Well, not that bad. Um, <laughs> the only problem I feel like that we have is that we know that racism is bad and saying those racist jokes, you know, won't, like, it's going to affect someone. But, yeah, we still do it. And I feel like that's a big issue that we go through. Like, I know that, at, like, at my school, we accept everyone. Like, we don't, you know, criticise, we don't, like you know hate on anyone that's different Mm -hmm. um the only problem is is that we sometimes take it as a joke like we say jokes that aren't really that funny but we think that it's funny Mm. um but yeah for me like I it hasn't really been been a barrier because I'm Samoan Mm -hmm. and I live with my auntie and uncle and my auntie is Samoan but my my uncle is Dutch Oh, cool. Yeah, so just growing up in, like, a home where I got to experience all different types of cultures and appreciate all these types of cultures has really helped me understand that all people are different and that it's okay to be different. Mm. 
So I feel like that's really helped me. And especially because, like, my whole family, we're not all Samoans. We're, like, you know, some of us are, like, from Germany. Like, we're Spanish and, like, we're just all multicultural and stuff. So I think that's been a really good help for me that to understand that I'm not always going to meet people that are the same to me. Mm. And so, yeah, I think... I think that us young people just really need to just think about what we're going to say before we say it. And, like, it may be funny to us, but it's not funny to the other person. So, mm. yeah. Well, it definitely sounds a lot better than what it was growing up for me. But, oh, that's nice that young people kind of have that awareness these yeah. days. Hmm. I wonder why. Do you have any, like, theories as to why? I don't know. I feel like they've seen so much, like, bad stuff on social media and stuff that they've realised, oh, we shouldn't be doing this. Like, you know, we shouldn't be hating on other people because we wouldn't want it to happen to us. And I feel like that's why us young people are, like, more aware of it now. Mm. Whereas, like, back in those days, social media wasn't really, like, a huge thing type of it like you know but now that we see things that like happen in like Syria and stuff like that it's really made us like think about what happens in our lives and in our country mm. so yeah I like that that idea of the internet allowing you guys to be global citizens yeah that's cool I feel like yeah we I don't know about you Tan but like for me growing up social media wasn't a huge thing I mean it was there like I had the internet growing yeah. up but like when I was growing up I had dial up so it wasn't like a <laughs> yeah. huge thing but the internet is just like 24-7 for you guys now but I'm glad that there are positive impacts because people seem to focus on the negative impacts of growing up on the yeah. internet what about you Tan what is, how does race present in, in your personal life yeah well I guess for me um, I mean Obviously, you can see me, but I'm, I'm a white male in New Zealand, and so um, I guess my experience is, um, has been quite an interesting journey, really. Um, I think it's been a journey of becoming aware of things, kind mm-hmm. of developing more self-awareness, and um, I, I really like the there's that sort of image of, you know, the fish in water and the idea that, like, um, especially when it comes to more sort of structural racism, um, you know, Pākehā and New Zealand are a bit like the fish in the water, trying to... Like, they don't notice water because it's everywhere, but it doesn't affect them. It's just the normalised thing. Mm. And so I think oh, something that... It's an excellent that, metaphor. It's a really nice metaphor. Yeah, yeah, I really like it. So, I mean, I went from, for example, um, you know, high school, starting uni, um, just not being able to wrap my head around things like, you know, race-based scholarships, trying mm. to address inequities, um, to now sort of, I, I guess, trying to trying to sort of find the the blind spots like it's sort of like now I know I have blind spots and I don't necessarily know what they are yet but um, uh, just trying to be more and more conscious and aware of uh, how race does play into things mm-hmm. and I guess as um, as a Pākehā I, I kind of also have the privilege that I can just stop thinking about it and it, mm-hmm. it doesn't necessarily directly affect me so I need to be conscious of that privilege as well that I can kind of choose when I want to step in or out mm-hmm, mm-hmm. of thinking about it so Oh wow, that's really interesting. Yeah, because I'm, I don't, like, a lot of my friends, um, or the friends that I talk to about this kind of thing, we're all ethnic, and so I don't really get to hear from, like, you know, a white guy's point of view that much, so that was a really cool metaphor, and yeah, thank you for that insight, because I don't really think about it that, that much. 
Um, so going back to the document, so there were four like key themes that kind of came through from that. Um, and the first one was every New Zealander must confront racial prejudice. So how do we check ourselves? Like how do we make sure that we're in a safe manner and a non-judgmental manner? How do you call out people and how do you check yourself on your privilege, prejudice? How how do you do that? How do you what do you got what are your thoughts on, on that? Um, for me I kinda ask my like if someone's like being like, you know, rude or like ignorant or whatever I kind of just ask them why they feel that way because mm-hmm. like you know there's always a reason to why people feel a certain way and if they don't have a reason well then that's just them being you know ignorant so it's kind of just like I feel like people just got to ask themselves why they say these things mm. and if they don't have a reason then I feel like they should just not say it at all because like there's a reason for everything you know, and like, if you're gonna come out and say something that's gonna hurt other people, you gotta know why you're saying this, and you gotta know why, like, and like, you gotta know everything, like the what and who's it gonna affect and stuff like that, because you can't just come out and say things that are gonna disrespect other people. And not only that, you gotta think, is it gonna disrespect yourself and who you are as a person? Mm. Because you know, I feel like people tend to forget that in order to like for other people to respect who you are you need to respect yourself and if you're not respecting yourself well then other people are not gonna see you the way you want to see yourself so I think it's just all about like self-respect and just asking yourself why you're gonna why you're saying this and why you're doing that and just asking those questions to yourself before you say something can really help and can really make a difference yeah, mm, I like that res- the the idea of respecting yourself. Yeah, I think when you have that opportunity to self reflect first, that kind of um, projects itself back onto the world, right? Yeah. That's cool. What yeah, well, I, I don't know if I have much to add to that. I I do um, just thinking back to some of the things that came from the race unity hui because often the the awesome ideas that. I might be saying probably from that not from my own you know deep introspection Uh, but um, I think the idea is yeah of you know recognizing context and maybe the power dynamics and thinking about also like uh, I I guess one of the things that with the Race Unity Hui and Speech Awards the values of unity and justice in particular as like these guiding values that can help us figure out how and why and when to respond to things and how mm-hmm. and how to do that, and so I think um, that can help, you know, help me think about when, you know, when it is the right time to sort of directly confront someone, um, and think about who I'm doing that for, mm-hmm. and how that's affecting yeah. things, and when, you know, when leading by example is maybe the best way to go about it, or, um, you know, that's making right. sure that I guess because because yeah, that there is the potential, especially in a topic such as this, for. Um, for our, our actions, which are guided by really noble aims, to potentially be divisive, mm. um, and so I think just being aware of those kind of things can help us on that. Mm. When was the last time you guys had to like call someone, call someone out, or like call yourself out? <laughs> um, I don't know. Eh? It's been like 
a long time because I don't usually have to, I guess, because other people are like doing it before I do, you know. So I feel like, um, I don't know, the last time, I guess, um, was when everything happened in Christchurch. Like, mm. when the um, shooting went down, like, people at my school didn't know, like, how to feel. Like, there was, like, this whole thing about, like, how, like, the the white kids in my school, they were kind of worried that um, they were going to get, like, you know, bashed at because um, it was a white man that committed the crime. Oh, I see. Yeah, and they thought that, oh, like, you know, everyone's going to, like, hate on me, and it's like... But then when they came to school, no one, like, you know, no one said anything because we... I feel like that's why young people are like more aware of you know what not to say in that. But I don't think that I've had to actually step in and actually call someone out on it because mm. I feel like a lot of us are more aware of it now, and other people are already doing it before you have to. So I feel like that's a good thing. Mm. I guess, yeah. Honestly, I don't have the best track record. Uh, <laughs> there's some, like, inertia. Like, I, I, I'm just thinking back to experiences where, you know, I have um, known or sort of been in spaces with people and they've said something, you know, mildly problematic, mildly racist, but sort of uh, not, not sort of as a direct statement, but just tangent. It's like, well, there's obviously something here. And honestly, I just haven't made a response to it. And then I'll, I'll think back to it. I was like, oh, man, useless. I've got to, <laughs> like, I need to do better there. Um, and I think that's one thing that uh, it's just like I'm still working on because mm. really it, it takes a lot of courage to it do that. Yeah, and I, I suppose, you know, with the privileges that I have as well, it's like if I have trouble doing it, then I can imagine um, people with, you know, other identities that, um, you know, it's even harder to mm. do that. Um, but I do think, like, personally, I, I, I've reflected recently and, and realized actually, you know, um, for example, at my school, there's lots of. Um, Māori and Pacific uh, events and uh, whānau meetings and all that kind of stuff and I realised, you know what, I'm not actually doing them enough to go to those mm. um, and to support that really important part of the community of my school So It's good to have that reflection, eh? I was having this um, kind of conversation with my younger brother actually this morning because we were just doing karaoke, just singing along and then the N-word came up in one of the songs and so he was just innocently singing along and I was like you shouldn't say that and he was like like why? I thought it was like it's okay word they have it in songs and I'm like explained the history of the word to him and I was like you know even though it's in songs it's like not always okay to say that and he was like oh that's true thanks a lot <laughs> but it's just like yeah little things like that like it just always crops up even when you're just supposedly having fun but yeah it just it just came up this morning I thought that was really interesting um so moving along to the next theme and that was education can reinforce racism or help eradicate it and so that must have been a really big part of the discussion at the hui because it said that education is one of the most important effective tools for eradicating racism and building unities um, and then you had really specific recommendations, which I loved. Um, and the one that I thought I really wanted to talk about was um, the funding for needs-based scholarships to be increased to match or exceed funding for merit-based scholarships. Um, so 
I really wanted to break that down because that's something that I think a lot of people don't understand. Like, why do we need scholarships based on needs or, like, based on race? And why? what, what, what are you guys' two cents on, on that? Yeah, I think... Um, <clears throat> I think you're right, first of all, that that's a really, it's a really cool one to talk about because you might notice that, you know, it's, it's a specific statement, but at the same time, it leaves a lot of things open. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's intentional because, um, and I think you're right, it goes along with uh, the need to have more conversations about what, what exactly it, it means to have these needs-based scholarships and why do they actually make sense in New Zealand society. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, like I said myself, you know, if you asked me six years ago, I wouldn't have being able to explain that to you mm. um, so yeah I think the the distinction between equity and equality is an important part of it um, I, I think it, the sort of the justification itself of needs based scholarships um, depends on a recognition that actually um, redistribution of resources whether it's money or other things based on need and potentially based across racial lines is something that we need in New Zealand and so that's the starting point and if we're not sure if we agree with that then we've got to have those conversations Um, and um, I'm a bit of a nerd I actually went back because I remember there was some research around this thing in New Zealand Um, I don't know if you know Chris Sibley and James Liu they did some research on biculturalism in New Zealand and okay. it's a couple of years ago, and they've the really interesting one of the really interesting outcomes of this study. So that they, I, I believe they, um, they did this research on the target group of like uh, young Pakeha New Zealanders, mm-hmm. and they found that in principle there was overall support for biculturalism in New Zealand. Mm-hmm. So in principle, in theory, like in terms of how we frame things, biculturalism is really valued. But then when it comes to resource specific biculturalism, biculturalism, which is um, at the level of, uh, you know, redistributing resources to recognise what biculturalism means, th- there's very negative, or you know, very low support for that. Mm-hmm. And I think that kind of really relates to this as well, where in principle, I think it's easy to say, well, we need, like, New Zealand doesn't have, is lacking equality in some areas, we can address that. But then getting to the point where we can say, let's put more money in this direction, then it requires getting to that understanding mm. um, yeah, of what, what we're really talking about here. We've just got to have these conversations. Saying, saying and doing things are completely two different things. Um, and one last thing before we wrap up this episode. The first um, recommendation was that we need to consider the value of ethnic diversity when appointing leadership. Is that something that you see at your high school, Nina? Is there like a diverse diversity in... Um... Um, not, not very much, I would say, because um, at my school we don't have a lot of um, Māori and Pacifica kids at my school mm-hmm. there's like mainly a lot of European kids at my school but um I think we, we, yes and no like um we do but then I feel like we still have a lot of work to do to get mm-hmm. to that point but I mean yeah we're getting there I guess yeah I just think um like at my school we our most of our leaders like they try their best to bring in the Māori and Pacific children mm-hmm. to get more the, more of them involved in stuff and I feel like that's really good of them to do but yeah 
I think we just we just need to work a little more to get you know more um, culture and diverse in mm-hmm. our leadership schools and stuff. Yeah. Oh, you're getting there. That's a good yeah, start. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. <laughs> um, so we have to wrap up this episode. But thank you so much for tuning into Hescast and Good Yarns. Um, check us out on Facebook and Instagram, and check out um, the race unity speeches on um, and the statement um, on the internet. I'll check up the links um, on our Facebook page. But yeah, thanks for tuning in. See ya. Take RFM Dunedin with you wherever you go with podcasts and live streaming of Primo local content. Download the Access Internet Radio app for free from Google Play and the Apple App Store. This programme was first broadcast on RFM Dunedin and made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air.